Welcome to another episode of Truly Nourished Podcast. My name is Shelby P and I am the presenter of Truly Nourished. Two months have passed since the previous episode of Truly Nourished and I want to start by saying thank you to this family of listeners who have shown me grace and patience in this process of the journey on this podcast. These last two months have been a season of major changes in my personal life and I have been trying my best to adjust well. Change can be very difficult and challenging, but I truly thank God tremendously for his grace, mercy, and steadfastness in response to my attitude for all his wonderful blessings. God is so rich in grace and mercy, and this is not to be taken for granted. I'm very thankful that he always remains the same, even when I struggle to. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Isn't that a joy to know? Even when you and I are the ones we love struggle with remaining consistent, we serve a God who is eternally the same in all his ways. This is a truth to daily hold on to. Due to the time gap, I'm going straight into today's episode. I want to encourage you to please go back and listen to the previous one, Repentance Makes Room for Restoration, if you haven't already heard it. The title of today's episode is Quick Fix. As I continue to press forward in my healing journey, and as I continue to encourage you to do the same, I've come to find the uneasy truth that there is no quick fix when it comes to intentional healing. Resolving issues from our past that have been built up over long periods of time, accompanied with overcoming the struggles of today, can be tedious. However, When we submit to God's timing with resolving our issues by being obedient to his will, we are guaranteed an everlasting breakthrough and total fulfillment. Quick fixes are often impulsive, temporary, and eventually result back to the same old things. Intentional healing requires time because when we give God the opportunity to place his hands on our heart and when we wholeheartedly invite him into each of our situations, His ultimate goal is to complete us while simultaneously molding us into the image of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his life for this very reason, so that we may have life and have it to the full, according to John 10.10. And while transformation as a result of healing takes time, we can remain confident in the midst of trusting God's timing according to the truth found in John 8.36, which says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 also reminds us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. These truths are promises that if we remain consistent in our desire to be made whole by allowing God into our hearts, we can then have access to experience the freedom found only in Jesus Christ. And repentance makes room for restoration. Repentance is strongly encouraged. When we repent and ask God for forgiveness, we also have to make the sound decision to not only be sorry, but to actually forsake our sinful ways. To repent is to be sincerely remorseful 
on behalf of sin by confessing sin as it is, acknowledging and making known to God that we are aware that the act or acts we are partaking in are displeasing to him. Turning from our sins requires that we genuinely ask God to please give us a heart that is willing to turn us from these transgressions. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27 says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. A heart of stone is rebellious, stubborn, unforgiving and disobedient to God and his commands. On the contrary, a heart of flesh is tender, repentant, forgiving, and obedient, and desires to move forward in the direction of God and his commands. Obedience allows his spirit to lead us in the opposite way of our sinful desires. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. We obtain a heart of flesh by constantly communicating with God by way of prayer, confession, and the reading of his word, the Holy Bible, which with time results in the process of purification. We invite God on a deeper level by praying continuously, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, and continuously abiding in God's word and daily setting aside personal intentional time to spend with him, even if it's just for five minutes. Listening to worship music and encouraging our eye gates and ear gates according to Christ-like content help us to strongly stay the straight and narrow course as well. When we desperately desire healing, we must fully surrender and truly accept God's timing by trusting his plan. We increase our mental, spiritual, and emotional capacity when we remain consistent in his word and abide by his will alone. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Meaning when we seek God first in all things, he will supply all our needs mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, according to his will. Years of built-up trauma and disappointment requires complete honesty and prayer. And truth be told, the truth doesn't always sound good, feel good, and can be very hard to admit. Nevertheless, we have to confess the entire truth to God in order to experience the breakthrough. In the Old Testament, appointed men were considered priests to stand in the gap listen and intercede on behalf of God's people in confession of their sins. But when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn, giving us total access to go directly to the father. We no longer have to sacrifice animals on the altar or confess our sins to man because of the gift God gave through the sacrifice of his son for our repentance. Jesus is the precious lamb that was sacrificed once and for all on behalf of all the sin in the world. Jesus is our great high priest that sits at the right hand of the father, constantly interceding on our behalf. 
we can come directly to God and confess to him our shortcomings with confidence of forgiveness because of the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. Psalms 51, 16, and 17 says, You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Honestly, my prayers have been extremely difficult lately. I'm currently in a season of constant confession. There have been so many uncomfortable truths that I've had to admit to God in order to be humbled and corrected. Pride makes it hard to admit our wrongdoings. And it was hard for me to come to the conclusion that pride is often an issue for me. Yet and still, the Father has continued to keep me, forgive me, and he keeps encouraging me to hold on to him as he guides me through his word. He has led me to passages that speaks against my fear and the lack of hope that I have experienced. The Holy Spirit has reassured me in Isaiah 41.10 that says, Do not fear, for I am with you. In Psalms 27, 13, that says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, which led me to verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Thank God for his word. It has everything we need. God knows everything. We can't hide from him. He's omnipresent, meaning everywhere at the same time. He knows everything about us. He sees our pride, rebellion, disobedience, and impatience, even when we try to shove it down or cover it up with addictions or distractions. It's a tactic of the enemy to believe the lie that we have to fix the unpleasant things that we battle within ourselves before we go to God. But the truth is that we have to go to God first for these things to be rightfully addressed. You and I can't fix ourselves or heal ourselves alone. We need our maker. Who better to clean us up than the one who actually formed us in the first place and knows us better than you and I even know ourselves? Psalms 139 is a passage that reflects on the marvel of God and the intricacy that occurred when he formed you and I in our mother's womb. Psalms 139, 1 through 17 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, 
If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. I love Psalms 139. God is clearly saying, I know you, my child. I created you. My hand is on you. I see all of you and you are mine. We can't hide from God no matter how hard we try. And because he created our inmost being, he already knows everything good and bad that's deep down in there. He sees our hurt, our disappointments, our impatience, frustrations, grief, anger, even when it's towards him, our uncertainty, our doubt, lust, greed, pride, shame, perversion, and every dirty and shame-filled thing that we may try to hold in or work out on our own by means of temporary pleasures. The things that we believe are too bad or too big or too messy to go to God with are the exact same things that the father is longing for his children to come to him with in order to provide us with the help that we desperately need. God can handle it. He's able. He's big enough to carry us. That's why he calls us to remain faithful. Nothing goes as a surprise to him and there's nothing he can't handle. Again, He's omnipresent everywhere, all the time, at the same time, and omniscient, all-knowing. Anything that may seem like a giant in our lives, we have to be still and know, according to Psalms 46.10, that God is bigger and that he's truly in control. Psalms 139.23 and 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalms 139, 23 and 24 is literally a cry out unto God that says to him, Lord, here I am wide open, no longer hiding and ready for you to clean me up and get this filth up out of me. Psalms 139 was written by David, who was a king, but known for murder in the Old Testament. The story of David and his crime can be found in the book of 2 Samuel 11. To briefly summarize, David was on the roof of his palace and across the way, he notices a woman named Bathsheba. He spots her while she's bathing, finds her attractive and thinks he's got to have her. However, she's a married woman and she's actually married to one of his soldiers known as Uriah. Long story short, David plots to have Uriah placed on the front line of battle to have him killed in order for Bathsheba to then be considered a widow, which David thought would be a permissible way to make her his own wife. Later, God sends Nathan to David to rebuke him by way of a parable to show him that what he did was considered distasteful in the eyes of the Lord because God could see his heart behind what he had done. 
We can only imagine what was on the inside of his heart to actually plot to have a man killed in order to make her his wife. And though we may not have the dirt in our hearts that stir up murder, we each have our own dirt that we have to personally ask the father to come in, clean up to deliver us from these things within. When God takes the scalpel to our heart and begins to chisel us and make us more and more like Jesus, it does not feel good but it's necessary for the healing to occur. I'm not just talking to you, brothers and sisters. I'm walking this thing out with you. I'm going and have to continue to go through the process too. I say this all the time because it's really the truth. This podcast is for me too. Before Truly Nourished began, I shared with my pastor the calling I believed had been placed on my life. And he encouraged me with these words. He said to me, Shelby, What God leads you to share is for you too. You're not only encouraging others with the truth of God's word, but you're also encouraging yourself. And what he shared with me was the truth indeed. God has not only called me to encourage others, but I'm called to learn how to encourage myself. These episodes challenge me because not only am I sharing these truths with you, but I'm living and learning them for myself. It's hard out here. And doing the right thing and staying on the straight and narrow path is not always easy. But with God's help, we can do all things. Philippians 4.13 Everyone will not be willing to make this important decision to continue going forward. But if you're listening and staying with Truly Nourished Podcast, I'm praying that you will choose and remain on the straight and narrow path. Matthew 7.13 and 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. We have to be encouraged to pursue Jesus Christ authentically at all times, not just for what he can do for us, but because he's really good all by himself. He died for you and I, even in the middle of our mess, he gave his life. What you and I truly long for God already did through his son, Jesus Christ. We all desire someone who will always be there. Someone who will constantly pursue us and who we can forever lean on. Sin separated us from God's presence, but he came back to get us when he sent his son to die for us on the cross to bear our shame. Who do you know that is ready to die for you? Maybe someone comes to mind and we may even have someone who we might consider dying for. But the good news is found by knowing that someone already died and he lives again and his name is Jesus. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us. Jesus already died and he lives again, constantly ready for a relationship with us. He paved the way for us to be made new. He extended the opportunity for us to be forgiven, conquering death, hell, and the grave. But you and I have to go through the process of combating the enemy and combating this flesh to keep pressing toward the prize and keep marching in the victory that is already ours. I love Romans 8. I go to it often, especially when I'm in my seasons of battling mental health. Romans 8 encourages us in the promise of no longer being condemned 
once we receive life through the spirit in Christ Jesus, because Jesus conquered death, we have been called as more than conquerors alongside of him. I want to share the scriptures according to Romans 8, 31 through 39. But when you have time, please go and read the entire chapter of Romans 8. Romans 8, 31 through 39 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Keep going, brothers and sisters. Keep trusting in the Lord. Tell him the truth and the whole truth, no matter how bad or how ugly it may seem. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. It may even sting, but it's going to get you to the breakthrough. The weed is temporary, the alcohol is temporary, the unwedded sex is temporary, the relationship that you feel is going to make it all better is not the permanent fix. It's the love and power of Jesus Christ that can come in and truly fix us. And the truth is just that it's not quick. We're in a microwave generation where we want it and we want it now. We'll wait 30 seconds, maybe 30 minutes, but when we start talking 30 days, we start getting impatient and confiding back into some of our old ways. It's easy for me to get this way too at times, but we have to check our flesh and confess these things to God. We can't expect 10, 20, or 30 plus years of mess to be cleaned up in 30 days. That's just unrealistic. Another truth I've come to find is that our progress in our healing journey has a lot to do with our obedience and passing the test while learning the lessons God gives to each of us. Being able to implement the fruit of God's spirit and asking for wisdom and knowing when and which fruit to implement is important in this heart fixed journey. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. John 3, 30 says, he must become greater, I must become less. We have to get out of our own way. What God wants to do with us is not a microwave process. I call it a crockpot one. We have to be willing to sit and simmer and marinate a little bit in order to get the flavor of God in our hearts and his fulfillment in our lives. 
You know there's a major difference between a TV dinner in the microwave compared to them neck bones or oxtails made in the crock pot. The good things take time. The things that God has for each of us are the things that last. Peace that comes from heaven, it lasts. Joy that comes from heaven, it lasts. The love of God is eternal. That's what you and I really want. We want the things that last. And I encourage you to find it all in Jesus. He really is enough. Lamentations 3, 24 says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Truly Nourished Podcast. I love you all with the love of Christ. And I pray each of you remain encouraged in the truth of God's word and stay the course on the healing journey by resting, confessing, and remaining on the straight and narrow path with the Father. Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God is not finished with you and I. He has great plans for us, according to Jeremiah 29, 11. But it's the process of what he has to do in us that will determine whether or not the things that he has for us will last. I end with a promise from God found in Galatians 6, 9, and it says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up brothers and sisters. Keep up the good fight because the battle is already won. Remain encouraged. Keep walking with Jesus until we are together again on another episode of Truly Nourished Podcast.